Welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and this week marks the fleeting return of my original co-host, Sam and Carl. Boys, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much <laughs> for having us back on. <laughs> we know you're in the big leagues now. You're collaborating. Wait, you wait. you moved on. Return? Have you been doing these without us? <laughs> Are you not listening? <laughs> you mother... F- that explains why our, view, our viewers have dropped from one to zero. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, with the return of the original Recipe Boys, I was feeling sentimental and have allowed Carl to pick the movie, and so we watched The 13th Warrior from 1999, starring Antonio Banderas, who plays an ethnicity of which he is not. Carl, <laughs> just prelude all this for us. Why this movie? Well, I mean, I like to disappoint week on week, and it's been a while. I have fond memories of this movie. <laughs> to catch up with the shit choices. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, genuinely thought, oh, the boys are like this. And I was wrong, but I think... Well, I'm not going to give away my opinions on it too much at this point. But uh, yeah, interesting choice. Oh, are you, are you not? So the, the messages beforehand, they don't. They don't count. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can read those. That's exterior. No one knows. Maintain the allure, the mystery of the pod. My heart knows. <laughs> well, let's get started with a quick plot and op. And Carl, you provided this for me. So why don't you explain Just what this is? Blaming me I for everything to today, aren't you? <laughs> Oh yeah, I got um, ChatGPT to write a plot synop for this, and now Evan's going to read it out. That's all you need to know. And what style is it in, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to give more context than it that. may or may not be in the style of... I, I think it's meant to be pronounced Dr. Zeus, but we'll say Dr. Seuss because that's what everyone assumes. So... What yeah, an outrageous way to pronounce that so early on in what the pod. Mad thing people to are say. going to be angry about that. I'll get messages That's from a people. Curveball within a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> all the messages are going to be uh, actually it's pronounced Doctor Seuss, and they're all going to be written so they're all going to be identical. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started with this, and bear with me because I've not practiced the cadence whatsoever. Also, how do you pronounce this character's name? Uh, Zoyce. Ahmad? Fuck off. <laughs> well, he pronounces Ahmed? it... You pronounce it however you he like. He pronounces it Ahmed, but I don't think that's correct. Let's but that's go how he it. says it, so let's go with that. <laughs> okay. Enter Ahmed, a stranger so bold. He joins the Vikings, both brave and so cold. Thirteen they are, on a quest so grand, to save the tribe from the evil at hand. They journey through forests, rivers, and hills, fighting off foes with swords and their skills. They come across a tribe who teach them to fight, and soon they are ready with all of their might. The enemy's camp, they sneak through the night. They fight and they win, what a glorious sight. But Ahmad, he knows, the enemy's boss, he chases him down at a great cost. A hero he is... But now he must leave. His journey is done. He's ready to grieve. He leaves with the Vikings with tears in his eyes, but he knows that he helped, and that's no surprise. This is shit. (laughs) So what's the story of the 13th warrior? A tale of bravery with no need to hurry. (laughs) 
<laughs> a story of friendship and of fighting for right, of heroes who stood and who won the fight. Fuck me. <laughs> okay, I just want to take a moment to appreciate that it wasn't that... I mean, the average plot synop that Evan reads, I've seen him stumble over single-syllable words and take three or four runs at a couple sentences. He just went through a full Dr. Seuss poem with virtually no stumbles. That's, you've come a long way. It's pronounced... Thank you. <laughs> Well, I have no idea if that's too long to know whether or not that encapsulates the plot. There are some notes in there, I guess. I can tell you now, I mean, apart from there's a dude possibly called Ahmed and there are Vikings. (laughs) No, none of that happened in that way. There was a camp, I think I remember. (laughs) And a bit of night, but yeah, other than that. I think they were quite cold at at times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that, Carl. And thank you for now starting the movie. Okay, so we start out and we're a big old Viking ship. We're out at sea in a storm. And we zoom in on a definitely Arabic man. And he's huddled on board (laughs) this ship. And in the voiceover, he says that, I am Ahmed Ibn Fahalan. Ibn Alabas, Ibn Rashid, Ibn Hamad, and things were not always thus. We learn that he was a poet in the greatest city in the world, but he's been exiled to this horrible, disgusting wasteland known as Europe to be an ambassador to the people there because he did the nasty with some other man's wife. He, I mean, did he actually, did he actually do anything? Uh, with the guy's wife, or did he just make eyes at her? Because <laughs> he definitely looked at her. From the opening. Oh, no, yeah, he did the dirty. That's yeah. what it looked like. And he did, okay. This woman's 70 year old husband was not happy about it. <laughs> yeah, you'd think this is his kind of, this is the exposition is that he made eyes at a fit woman and maybe had sex <laughs> with her and then got banished to the north. Uh, spoiler alert, what does he do when he gets there? Oh, yeah. Finds the nearest woman. <laughs> Finds the nearest woman, sleeps with her, and fucks it. off. Gets on a boat, leaves. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get also, to that. <laughs> you've made that sound really succinct, Cole. But that takes fucking ages to get through. That opening, the oh, monologue, it's, it's all exposition, and it takes so fucking long. And we didn't need to know any of it for the movie to happen. We build up, to some extent, no. two places where we do not stay. No, not at all. Because after this, we get into... Europe, the absolutely horrific hellscape that is, apparently, that he hates. <laughs> yeah. It's very it up with, with all the dangerous people there, but then we just leave. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah, the whole, there's so much build-up. There's so much exposition about the Tartars attacking. Yeah, the Tartars. And yeah. they've got a whole group of people, Tartars, Tartars whatever. Yeah. They, they attack and they have to run away and all this stuff. Forget that. That's gone. We've moved on. Also, he's with a group of like 20 guys. Forget them. There's <laughs> one guy who, who we need to remember that's with him. Oh, but no, then he, even he'll, he'll he be gone disappears soon. in the next five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to him now. Let's, yeah. let's move so on. we're in the absolute shithole that is Europe. He's been banished there with Melchisedek. I've definitely pronounced that wrong. Who is played by Omar Sharif. Crazy that you know these people's names. <laughs> And he and his caravan, they're going through somewhere and they're going to be attacked by the Tartars. 
they flee and they end up coming across this Viking ship and for whatever reason the Tartars are scared off by this and so Ahmed Ibn Fahalan Ibn al-Abbas Ibn Rashid <laughs> Ibn Hamad he's not familiar with, familiar with who the Vikings are so he asks one of his party if these guys are dangerous or not and he's told it, it depends maybe they'll let us go or maybe they'll kill us but that's true of yeah, that's a yes. in other words yeah. the other guy didn't know either <laughs> so, which is it then <laughs> I mean yeah clearly no one's got any idea who they are because even Omar Sharif's character whatever his name is tries to speak to them in what we have to assume is English yeah because oh, I don't know. he then says oh try, try Greek. Greek yeah you have no idea who these people are. He tries Greek, and then the guy just responds, apparently understands, but then responds in Latin. The whole thing makes no sense to me. <laughs> so, along with his companion, Ahmed, Ibn Fahalan, Ibn Alabes, Ibn Rashid, Ibn Hamed, fuck's sake. <laughs> meets the Vikings and finds, We've only got two hours. finds out that they're actually at uh, the funeral for their king, and they get to witness an old... Old, one of the old Viking funerals as the king's body and his possessions and a live woman are put on a <laughs> ship and burned. Yeah. And before that happens, the woman delivers an ancient Viking prayer, which goes, I've written it down. Have you missed me, Evan? <laughs> <laughs> Low there do no, I but... see my father. Low there do I see my mother. And my sisters and my brothers... Lo there, do I see the line of my people back to the beginning? Lo, they do call to me. They bid me take my place among them in the halls of Valhalla, where the brave may live forever. I've only included Not quite that. as fluent as ever. Because that, that exact same prayer is also in Thor Ragnarok, spoken by Thor, oh. after Odin dies. And it's also spoken by Atreus in God of War Ragnarok. And it actually dates all the way back to the year 1999, when this movie was released. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a fucking pause Hold that on. was. That was amazing. <laughs> that was superb. But are you saying that they wrote this and it managed to get carried into... Yeah. For some this reason, official this movie inspired a lot of the Viking culture... That is included in other movies. So yeah, the the Thirteenth Warrior. That's fantastic. The absolute bomb that was. It just has little bits of it just spread out across the next twenty odd years, I guess. This is like the lesser known Wilhelm scream. It's in everything, you just don't realise. Oh, there goes dad. Excellent. (laughs) Not only one of my favourite bits of trivia from you there, Cole, but the way you delivered that. Excellent. I will forever remember yeah. that pause Very between good. 19 and 99. <laughs> 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 also, what deducts from the kind of meaningfulness of, of this bit is that a man is lifting the woman into the air, just <laughs> up and down, oh, yeah. like he's tugging <laughs> it on a fucking bell. <laughs> Lifts her for each line. She's flopping and brings her back down, yeah. Just yeah. keep her up. <laughs> He's got to give his arms little rests yeah. between the oh, lines. One. Uh, two. <laughs> so yeah, the next morning comes and we're back in the tent. And we're just in time for the Vikings' like morning wash routine. 
which is just one of the grimmest things ever put on screen. Pretty grim. They pass around the mm-hmm. same bowl of water, and one by one, drink and swill out their mouths from it, wash their faces in it, and then blow their noses into this bowl of water, and then the next person will get it and do... The, just horrible. Can we point out that they're next to a river? Yeah. <laughs> Let me point out that you can blow your nose anywhere. It didn't need to go into the bowl. <laughs> that would be disgusting. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> it doesn't go in the water bowl. That's unhygienic. <laughs> That's the quickest way to get fresh as flu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in the night, another ship has arrived and there's a young boy stood out on the bow of it like a statue. And they ask this Viking that they've been communicating with, who's now just going to be called Budget Captain Jack Sparrow, because that's all he reminds me of. And he says the boy's giving them time to decide if he's real. Apparently the ship arrived in the mist, and they associate the mist with an ancient evil. Eventually the boy is brought before the leader, Bullvi? Bullvi? I'm not... Close enough. Yeah, like no one's going to question that. It's close enough. Yeah. I mean, you've already led with all the you all that or whatever you said, so just say whatever you want from here on out. <laughs> the um, the boy arriving in the mist stuff, yeah. that um, is one of many examples of just random, what I assume is trivia, but it's just, it's really confusing. Exposition doesn't quite get far enough to make any sense. No. You're just left sitting there like, hold on, what? They it's, think he's a ghost? I assume, yeah. But I assume what? it's so that... Much later on, there can be some sort of callback. You think? And so, like, the, yeah, the boy comes in, meets Bolvoy, and he comes from a village to the north, which is being attacked by an ancient evil which comes from the mist. So, if you've got a good enough memory, you might re- remember that earlier on, on, something like that was referenced. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bolvoy calls on some oracle woman that they just have with them who's either absolutely ancient or that's just how you're gonna look if you're the only woman on a ship with 50 vikings (laughs) (laughs) just some haggard old woman but yeah she is brought forward as an oracle and reads a big bag of bones and she says that 13 men have to go and help this boy's village uh, yeah, pause though, because she says 13 men after the 13 months in the year. And I had to pause the movie yeah. and count the months in the year. <laughs> we have 12, right? Well, <laughs> or is this just Evanland? Yes. Did we used to have 13? No, I've got the same. Okay, you've got the same calculation. I've got the same thing written down. <laughs> I've got the same thing written down. She says 13, the number of months in a year. First of all, cool, thanks. I know what 13 is. <laughs> also, I've done a bit of like a bit of Googling. I don't want to call it research. I've done a bit of Googling. I can't find any good sources for a 13-month either Arabic or Norse Viking, whatever. <laughs> to be fair. Calendar. This is from a group of She's just wrong. This is from a group of people who later on go, I've heard you can draw sounds. <laughs> yeah, fair <dude. laughs> yeah, I know what writing oh, oh, is. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you guys have built ships and travelled the world, but don't know writing yet, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Or how many months there are. 
Bulbo volunteers as the first man, and then slowly the next 11 places are taken by the other Northmen. And when it gets to the 13th bone, Sam? Quick correction. Well, uh, sorry, like you said, the um, they go through 12 supposedly Northmen, although realistically it's 11 Scandinavians and the most Irish man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> No one is who they're pretending to be in this movie. I know that's the point of acting, but they're pretty far (laughs) off the mark in this one. He's still doing an Irish accent. (laughs) And that's not even touching on the Spanish guy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, continue. So we, we get to the 13th bone, and the oracle says that the 13th bone will be no Northman. And we know that the 13th bone represents Antonio Banderas because, just like him, it's been painted darker for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It has. Also, I mean, they need, a, they need a warrior for this group, right? Did they forget that there's still, like, 20 other guys outside the tent that they were travelling with? One of them's got to be able to fight. <laughs> the poet cannot be your best choice. <laughs> the bones only apply to those in the tent, Sam. Sure. Well, okay. They went around and did the maybe they'll let us live and maybe or maybe they'll kill us, and these are the only two that I guess survived the fifty-fifty coin flip, on <laughs> and they can't take the sixty-year-old man. <laughs> so the young boy who arrived by boat to get his warriors to help his villagers—they've been selected, and so the young boy who came by boat can now go back home. So obviously they all set off on horseback. <laughs> And yeah, it's a, <laughs> That's a good point. It's not with them. <laughs> I guess he heads home on his boat. He'll be there two weeks and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll come help. We'll see you in 15 to 18 yeah. months of hiking, I guess. <laughs> oh, so a year He then. offers them a ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is like, it's like when you say, it's like when you say goodbye to a friend and then you both walk off in the same direction. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Walking next to him for like six weeks. Okay, so, before they set off, Captain Jack Pigeon asks Antonio Banderas' name, and he replies, My name is Ahmed Ibn Fahlan, Ibn al-Abbas, Ibn Rashid, Ibn Hamad. But the Viking misunderstands and thinks his name's Ibn, so he has to correct him and say, No, no, my name is Ahmed Ibn <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take the best one and copy-paste it through. That's a lot of granddads to have to name every time you have to introduce yourself. Because we learn that Ibn means Mm. son of. (laughs) People might not know this, but Evan actually introduces us in the same way at the start of every episode. Going back as far back in our male lineage as we know. (laughs) (laughs) The buck stops here, boys. (laughs) My name is Evan. <laughs> this is Sam and Carl. <laughs> yeah, so during the 15-month hike, in what has got to be one of the best and also most ridiculous scenes ever put on screen, Ahmed, Ibn... No. Uh, learn, he learns the North langu- la- Norse language by listening to the Vikings around the campfire every night. Somehow. I mean, from what I can tell, it's from it's one night. 
He spends a single night at least two at nights because it's raining one of them. There's a, there's a rainy night and there's a non-rainy night, so... Or it just stops raining on that one night. <laughs> it just starts and stops yeah. raining, yeah. No, no, because his makeup wasn't leaking on the second night, so... Okay. <laughs> it's not his makeup, bro. That's sure, his okay. skin colour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two nights, even then. The, the, the breadth of language he uses through the rest of the film. They must have said... Every word <laughs> that he uses for the rest of the film, at least once during these two nights. So I assume they just sit around reading out of the dictionary. But it's the only thing that makes I sense. I don't mean to point out the obvious here, but you can hear every word in another language. And that doesn't mean you know how to speak that language. You've just memorized every no. word they have. You don't know what they fucking mean. You've got no reference for your language that you speak. You're just... Parroting words back to them. He's like the little boy with exactly. spoons in Mimic. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely said something to them. I don't know if it'll offend. <laughs> yeah, he finally speaks when one of them insults his mother, replying that his mother was a pure woman, and at least he knows who his father is. Burn on us, boys. And for anyone who doesn't know, his father is Fahalan, <laughs> who is the son of Alabes. <laughs> so, mate, mate, we all know who your father, father is. You've told us so many yeah. times. <laughs> Ibn. <laughs> yeah, he... Um, and then, I'm sure... I'm sorry if you're about to say this, uh, but he then calls the guy a pig-eating son of a whore, which, Very cool. as an ambassador is a great first thing to say <laughs> to the new culture that you're meeting. The best icebreaker I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> a bit more hiking. The Vikings mock him for his tiny horse, and then we're back on the boat from the beginning of the movie, and we arrive in the north. Well, the Vikings take the piss out of his horse, saying only an Arab would bring a dog to war or something, calling his horse a dog. So he proves that it's not a dog, by running in circles and jumping over stuff. You know, like crafts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, also, I just just because it'll annoy me that we'll have glazed past it, great alternative name for this movie, Hiking Vikings. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. That would have been so much better. <laughs> But he, like you said, he gets, well, you said he gets to the north and uh, he's, they're met by some of the locals, I guess. But I want to point out the first thing that the locals say when they, when they reach like the shore is they say they can smell perfume. And uh, how fucking strong must his perfume be to be smelled outdoors from about a hundred meters away after weeks at sea? Over all the smell of sweat and seawater, this man must be absolutely drenched in it. It wasn't raining earlier. He was just pouring perfume on when, himself. When you're a group of people who literally wash in your own snot, you're probably going to notice a bit of perfume <laughs> in the air. Turns out they have perfume. They, they've invented perfume. So they care about how they smell, but still wash in their own spit and snot. Yeah. But before they get to shore, they arrive in, they're on the ship in the mist, and they're firing, like, fire arrows into the mist. 
so that they can tell if they're near land. So the the arrow will hiss if it hits water, and the arrow will thud if it hits land. And they're saying they have to be quiet so they can hear the arrow. And all the time that's happening, Bullvoy's just on the front of the ship, just shouting <laughs> Odin over and over again. <laughs> I have no fucking clue why. This is, I imagine, more mythology they've invented for this movie. <laughs> I also have no idea why. <laughs> also, if yeah. you have to listen for the arrow, why are you lighting it on fire? One or the other. <laughs> so we've met our perfumed man, and he brings them to King Hrothgar, who is a completely normal old man, <laughs> pulls completely normal facial expressions, <laughs> definitely never sounds like he's doing a bad Jamaican accent for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is this guy saw even though this movie came out beforehand saw Denethor eating the tomato and thought I want to play a king too but I'll pretend to be eating the tomato the entire time <laughs> that is yeah absolutely the, the only man I've Perfect. ever seen who smiles like he has no teeth but has teeth it's all very strange <laughs> where he he tells them that other villages further to the north have been completely destroyed by this ancient evil that's been terrorizing them from the mountains. And they're not sure whether they believe him, whether this ancient evil is real. But they head out, and they see a small naked boy running through a field towards the village covered in blood. And they're led to his home, which is a, for- like a small farmstead. And inside, his family have been killed and beheaded, and their bodies have been chewed on. And this confirms that is this ancient evil they're called the Vendel and they know this because they've left behind their calling card which is a little stone statue of Lizzo which is known as the mother of the Vendel (laughs) Wowzers you're coming in hot Carl (laughs) Brutal I I mean a couple of things here first of all I'm not sure the little boy absolutely had to be naked. I don't know if we needed to get a little flash of bollocks <laughs> for this film to be the masterpiece. Oh, there's, there's the second title that but... could have been. A little flash of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, plot-wise, why was but... the boy naked? At what point was he running away? The only logical place was he was literally getting changed when they attacked and then therefore had to run. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some justification, but we don't get it. It's purely in the director's head. But the other thing, they so yeah, they get to this hut and they see that these baddies have been eating uh, the residents there. And they say, you know, these are inhuman, these are disgusting. Like, you're getting pretty judgy for someone who pointlessly burned a woman like three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, take it easy. And washed in your own mucus. Yeah. These people are disgusting. To be fair, they are eating people. I probably shouldn't be trying to find the middle ground on this. Well, they never explicitly say that they're eating eating people. people. They say chewing on, which is a little bit better in my books. They gave it a nibble. better. And also, (laughs) even if they are eating people, that still is better than... (laughs) Burning a woman, yeah. Or mix the two. That's still better than burning a woman for no reason. I mean, yeah. Well, cooker, either. There it is. 
<laughs> also, make sure the little boy's naked. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a film. <laughs> and when you wrap him up and pick him up and he's aiming towards camera, make sure the only thing you don't cover is his bollocks <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Well, so we can confirm he's naked. It's not a trick of the camera. He's not really wearing a little cover-up or anything. This is real stuff. This is a real movie. This is cinema. The number of takes they had to do to flick that little cloth up. Do it again. Wardrobe's coming in and stapling the cloth so it never covers it when he's pulled over. They've got a fan blowing at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> the only CGI in this whole film was the kid was wearing pants and they CGI the dick in. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so, so, we, so we head back to the village, preparing for the next attack. There's going to be mist that night. But first, they meet the king's son, who's some weaselly dude called Wigliff. Who's apparently killed off all his brothers so that he's next in line to the throne. And then we meet some one-eyed old man who claims to have been at the last village to be like, completely wiped out. But this man is 100% the biggest bullshitter in the world, right? He Well, the way that he describes the, what they call the Vendel? Vendel, yeah. Yeah. The way, the way that he describes them Teeth like a lion, head like a bear, huge claws, walks on both two and four legs. Right, okay, so a bear. (laughs) (laughs) You know he's a fucking liar anyway, because where's this guy seen a lion? He lives in Scandinavia in the year two. (laughs) True. This man is just embellishing for his story. He also claims that he's seen the fireworm. And saying it was slithering and spitting fire. So if later on it turns out that that just happens to be cavalry carrying torches, you might want to have a word with him. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know what the worm was the entire time. I guess I missed the bit where the, the camera was pointing at all the cavalry charging like that for me to recognise that. But I was seriously annoyed there wasn't a big worm shooting fire everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I assumed at the very least it was like a volcano or something, but when it was just like 200 guys with torches, it's like, man, what the fuck are you talking about? You've never seen a torch. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't seen a torch, but has seen a lion. Yeah. (laughs) 200 guys who live, spoiler alert, in a cave, where are they keeping 200 horses? (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) And another also, cave. They're living in a cave because they think that they're bears. Fuckers, bears don't ride horses. <laughs> is that what he meant when he said that they're sometimes on four legs? Is that they're just on a horse? Oh my god, if it is, this guy. <laughs> that naked boy's running on four legs! Somebody kill him! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surely it takes like an understanding of farming to keep 200. Never mind. Doesn't matter. This guy was a farmer. Surely he should know what a horse is. <laughs> yeah, but he had an eye patch. <laughs> what? That just means you only see 100 of the horses. You just don't see the 100 of them. 
I don't think that's how eye patches work. <laughs> but yeah, with all of this, with all the, the, the cave and the bears and the horses and all this shit, it's not like they are miles away in a, in a mythology. No, they're pretty close by. <laughs> race. They're up the hill. They're, in, they're a short walk away. They're probably the nearest cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, our 13 warriors take up guard in the Great Hall, and Antonio Banderas is woken by a sound outside, and you think that everyone's asleep, you can hear snoring, but then as the camera moves from face to face, you see that they're all on guard, alert, just laying there, pretending to be asleep. Great scene. Mm -hmm. It was very good. And then the creatures burst in with their bear-like teeth and their bear-like heads and their bear-like claws. <laughs> and a fight ensues. Heads get ripped from necks. And in the aftermath, there are just no creatures' bodies at all. Only Very cool. their own dead. And they've all been yeah. decapitated and all the heads have been taken. Yeah. These guys... I mean, I don't know how they didn't notice all of the bear people dragging the other bear people out. But... They didn't. They were preoccupied, I guess, swilling their faces out with water or something. That is the only reason we, we need the mist in order for these things to be seemingly mythological, is that that, that that covers any possible dragging away of your friends. Otherwise, the mist mm -hmm. serves absolutely no purpose in this. Makes torches look like a worm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next day, they're beginning to build defences for this town, but... Not the next day quite yet. Uh, because, okay, I do have one thing to say. Um, during this scene, Antonio Banderas, whatever his name, Ahmad's first fight. Who? Uh, he manages to kill one of them, but he gets... Who's his dad? Uh, <laughs> don't even. I'm, I don't have that written down. Uh, but he, gets, he, has a, he has his first fight. He kills one of the guys, but he gets clawed across the face. And then his... Uh, his, his next conquest, his next imminent banishment <laughs> woman comes in uh, to treat his wounds uh, with boiled cow's piss. So now he's smothered in boiled piss and drenched in perfume. That's just, he, this guy absolutely reeks <laughs> by now. So yeah, then the next day, they start to build defences for the town. But Antonio Banderas, is, he, he can't wield this big sword they've yeah. given him. So... He obviously has to go to the grindstone and turn it into a scimitar. After he... They're all stood pretty close together, and he asks if there's a metal worker near, nearby to one of the other Viking dudes, and he's... It's a good job they said that word on the trip. Ten metres away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that's why they don't say blacksmith, which is what everybody else would have said in that moment. But he's ten metres away from this cunt, and he doesn't <laughs> notice. And then... Uh, and. I have a massive bone to pick with him turning a what is a normal sword into a scimitar. That, I can't even fathom how that works. I don't know how long he was at that grindstone. <laughs> so he's, he's, ma he's made his sword. But while building these defences, his next conquest, Olga. Well, oh. now that he has made the sword, by the way, this guy who's never fought and is demonstrably not a warrior gets his little scimitar 
And he's flipping it all around, flipping it over his hands. He's now an expert fighter, cleaving through uh, through the logs with a single swipe. Where did this come uh, from? What the movie is implying is poet. that all Arabs know how to use scimitars. <laughs> I am not absolute. I'm absolutely not implying that the movie is. Watch the, the movie and you'll is. see that it is. I thought it was just implying that everything European is shit, and he just improves it by doing whatever he chooses to do. But yeah, so Olga. Sure, anyone could have done that. You hand us a sword like that. Oh yeah, we'll have we'll have mad skills. <laughs> Although we're European, so we are shit. So anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him that Wigliff has been telling the king that Bolvai wants the throne. So he takes this information to Bolvai, and along with Captain Jack Mallard, they hatch a plan to make an example of one of Wigliff's men. So this won't stop now. And so no, what no, happens no. is... <laughs> it's great. Captain Jack Chicken aggravates Wigliff's men by repeatedly throwing mud on him as they build the defences until they end up competing in a sword fight where the rules seem to be you get three shields and if you lose all three of your shields and the other person gets to kill you, I think. Something like that. The, the rules aren't very clear. But first of all, the guy that he fights, the guy that he picks to fight and throw mud on, is a very nice guy. He's quite patient with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until he really, you know, aggravates him. Secondly, this guy's a sick fighter. He's really good. And with how much trouble they have in oh, the fight been both before him. and after this, they could have picked anyone else. <laughs> I think they make the same point that it was a stupid thing to do, but they apparently had to do it to set an example. Yeah. But yeah, so they got, they have this fight. Round one, Wigliff's man wins the round. But Captain Jack hardly seems like he's had his feathers ruffled. (laughs) (laughs) Round two, he loses again. And then round three. Hang on, hang on. No one can keep him down. Carry on. Nice. (laughs) And in round three, he loses his final shield. And Wigliff tells his men to kill him. And just when you think his goose is cooked, Captain Jack dodges the final strike and kills his opponent. I think what you meant to say is Captain Jack Snipes the win. Oh. And for anyone who doesn't know, Jack Snipe is a bird. <laughs> Haven't you missed us? <laughs> oh, yeah. Gareth, I think the professionals are back I'm next just waiting for Captain Jack Duck. Something, something, murder of crows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in my element here. Bird puns, love it. A spray of blood goes up. Oh, okay. okay. Pause the episode. We're doing these from now on. <laughs> <laughs> so, he tells Antonio Banderas that he could have won at any time in this fight, but it was about sending a message to Wigliff about like having to measure the things you can't see. That's why they fought his biggest guy, because it's about more than just strength. And Oh, I thought it was that he was pretending to lose the entire time. And then one at the end, and that was the thing they can't see. So he was pretending to be weak. So he was saying that what you see is never what you get with us. I think you've both just described the same thing. <laughs> I just took less time to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Thanks for coming the, on, boys. <laughs> the little 
weird politics subplot that's going on. It's quite interesting, and it'd be interesting to see what Wiglyph's response will be. Because it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't it just out. be nothing, and we wouldn't just <laughs> never see him again from this point <laughs> onwards, right? <laughs> <sighs> Good times. <laughs> <laughs> so we fast forward again, and another generic Viking warrior, one of the 13, is keeping watch in one of the watchtowers when Antonio Banderas thinks that there's going to be fog or mist because he can hear thunder, but he's told that this is actually the water in the mountains that somehow sometimes sounds like thunder. Which isn't that interesting, but is relevant later on. But as they're there talking... I forgot that he said that. So that scene later on was very confusing for me. (laughs) They are so far apart. And it's not mentioned again. And also, it's not important. They could have just written it so there was a tiny gap in the the rock at the end. They all swum under. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. Let's power through to that. They need to do more foreshadowing and payoff within two minutes of each other. That's my level. <laughs> like the the little the boy, boy and his mist monster. The young boy yeah. earlier. <laughs> need to- exactly. That's that's the level I'm working at. So, yeah, and as they're having this discussion, the fireworm, fireworm as they all call it, emerges from the mountain, and they run back to town. But then Ahmed notices. Child in field number two of the movie, just running along. <laughs> yeah, dressed. This one is dressed. So what's the point? The director's <laughs> So he has to head down to rescue this kid, and as he gets there, he sees the fireworm up close, and it's actually a shitload of cavalry carrying torches. So that old man is the biggest bullshitter in the fucking world. Yeah, absolutely. But they attack. And at one point he manages to fight one, kill it, and removes its big bear head, and it turns out it's just a dude wearing a bear. So as soon as there's 200 of them, I assume bears are now extinct in this part of the world. Oh, There's God 200 people yes. are wearing bear heads. <laughs> there goes one of my other notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're breeding bears and horses in their cave. Okay, so there are three caves. The man cave, the yeah. horse cave, and the bear cave. <laughs> but yeah, he realises they're human, and so now he's he's Zorro now. He's not scared anymore, and he just starts killing one after the other, wiping, wiping them all out. And then as, as these horses are charging through the town, all the warriors, are, what's left of our 13, they get pikes. Manage to stop the charging cavalry and our creatures slash mountain men retreat. And uh, they run away. They do a lot of running away. Yeah, they just kind of. Seemingly random times. We'll, we'll, we'll just be off so you can prepare, do better next so time. So the plot can continue. Yeah. yeah. So the plot can also, happen. All of Antonio. I'm not. Ahmad. He has not been trained in any way. Everything is in the moment, it's on no. the job training as it happens. When he he's given one of those big pikes, which is just a big stick with a bit of a sharpened end, and then it's just said, pop it in the ground, point it up there, and stick your foot in it. Cheers, yeah, we're, we're from here. But yeah, they run away, which is why that that's successful. But yeah, he's now 
been in Europe for four days, so the first thing he does is just get smashed on mead and fuck some local girl in a in a cow shed. I, I was uh, I was adjusting my laptop because it got really loud. But <laughs> edit this back in if it's worth saying. But at the start of that fight, I don't know if you two noticed. It's about early afternoon when he sees that girl running. Then he grabs her, heads back, and it's like midnight. It just it progresses like six hours in the space of a minute, and the same thing happens later in one of the later battles. And it's so baffling how they didn't notice that that was going on. Well, it's because it wasn't like just one child. They, there's actually a fourth cave that's filled with children, <laughs> and they slowly all <laughs> run out down towards the village, and he's just picking them all up, and then it's six hours later. He's going back and yeah, forth yeah, 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 yeah. on his dog, <laughs> grabbing them one by one. <laughs> anyway, that bugs me. <laughs> Uh, the mead bit as well. I I loved how the way he accepts that he's allowed to drink it because he says that he can't drink things that are fermented from grape or from wheat. And the fucking Captain Jack bird guy says it's actually fermented from honey. Uh, it's just the guy who must be stood out of every AA meeting like, oh no, this is an alcohol <laughs> drink. This I made in my bathtub. It's just everything mixed together. That's, yeah. that's $10. You get to keep your chip. <laughs> so our, our creature, bear creatures flee, yeah. and the remaining warriors. Well, they're just men. They're just just a man. They're just a man. Just men. <laughs> they they flee, and our remaining warriors have a gathering, a meeting, and they decide that what they should do is go and attack the creatures where they are, and then they go see another oracle who tells them they should go attack the creatures where they are. <laughs> yeah. they go and, Cheers. They go, and see another, <laughs> they go and see another oracle who is described by... Uh, a, I can't remember who. I think it's Olga. One of the you know adult women in this film describes her as, she was old when my grandmother was a child. Then they go and meet her, and she's a woman maybe in her 60s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's probably a woman in her 40s with makeup on to make her look like she's in her 60s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know how quick the generations are going, but <laughs> Jesus. People yeah. die quickly here. There's a bear full of caves if you... Or a cave full of bears. <laughs> if you didn't know. Oh, Lord. There's a, there's oh. a bear full of caves. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> They've got oh, no. the cave of bears, the cave of people, the cave of horses, and a big bear of caves. <laughs> <laughs> Massive bear of caves. <laughs> and a bear child. <laughs> oh, oh. This, this very lazy woman who won't even sit up to greet them just lays on her side the entire time. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. That's how you live forever. she's so old. Just never move. She's so old that she's just sideways. (laughs) If she stands up, she's done. (laughs) Well, she says three sentences and then goes to sleep. That's all she's got in her. (laughs) She's she's old in the same way as, like, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory's grandparents are old. Just in that bed. Just old because they lie yeah. down all the time. 
So when this movie was first being made, I don't know if you noticed in the opening credits that you boys love to stare at, there's a lot of director's name slash Michael Crichton in it all. And it's because this movie was made and was, quote, deemed unwatchable during initial viewings by test audiences, at which point Michael Crichton, who wrote the book, came in. Stepped in and said, put her sideways. That was good. <laughs> What's that boy doing with his clothes on? <laughs> <laughs> and had, he had to fix the movie, basically. And I, th- I assume this scene was added later, because I think the scene in the cave was the actual final scene in the movie. That would make but a lot of sense. But it's pretty anticlimactic, which is, which is why this woman goes, you need to kill the mother, and then... 10 second pause. Oh, also, you also need to kill the leader so there's another fight scene at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, our, our warriors head into the mountains to go looking for the bears. The people who think they're bears. She says, they're in the earth, they yeah. live in the earth. They don't know what this means. But the earth is inside of a bear, uh, and inside that <laughs> there's a cave, and inside that cave there are several other bears. Yeah. We all heard the speech call. You have to kill the mother, and that'll kill them off. Which means that these people operate under the same rules as the water striders in Tuxedo. Just kill off the queen, (laughs) and they're all done. Yeah. And so they're heading... Classic. They're heading into the mountains. Antonio Banderas realises these people think they're bears, and he's like, oh, when she says they live in the earth, she means they live in a cave. Yeah, we within know. Within a bear, within a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're sca- By the way, this this social structure with mothers and leaders, they're bears. <laughs> None of this applies. They're not fucking ants. But they're not bees. They're not if they're all dressed striders. like bees, that would be fine. <laughs> but their scout goes ahead and says, "I've spotted fires in in the glen ahead," and Bullvoy shouts back, "Is there a cave?" If he'd said no, would they have gone, yeah. oh, it won't be them then, let's go look elsewhere for... Those fires could be anything. Yeah, they could like be a big any, worm. anyone. Yeah. yeah, it's in the Glen of Hell. I'm sure are, it wasn't a worm. Those are probably people who think they're beavers or something if there's no cave. <laughs> yeah. Fucking ridiculous. But... Also, if they are there, they've heard you now. <laughs> but yeah, they, they sneak to this cave somehow dressed as bears at one point and you see a couple of these people on guard and they they look weird like cavemen weird sure yeah 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 and it but in in the book makes sense in the book that this is based on by michael crichton who also wrote jurassic park just for anyone else who doesn't know who that is (laughs) um these turn out to be descendants of neanderthals Oh, ah. okay. So I'm not sure, like, based on how okay. these people look, is that does that still apply? It's never really said, or nothing about them being different is ever said. But that some of them, as they go through this cave, definitely look a bit like cavemen, and some of them look like normal humans, and the leader looks like some model that they painted black and red. They all look like bears to yeah. me, mate. And th- I mean, they're, 
they're kind of inhumanly strong and seem pretty thick, so I guess it's vaguely implied, but not really. I think ultimately it doesn't matter because we start this movie thinking they're mythical no. beings and for them turning out to be humans or Neanderthals is the same level of disappointment. So, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends how you go into the movie because the, like, the story is based on Beowulf. I guess it's trying to give a semi-realistic way in which that story could have happened and then became the mythology that we all heard much later with actual monsters and creatures. But it does disappoint you when the fireworm is a bunch of dudes on horses and the big bear men are dudes cosplaying in a cave somewhere. Yeah, most of it was just caves. Apparently only part-time because the rest of the time they've got to go care for the horses in the field and farm their (laughs) grains, I guess. And the bears in the cave. (laughs) And the cave and the bears. <laughs> but yeah, well so they sneak in, they've got to take off all their armor so they remain silent. And there's a bit of sneaking about and spelunking down a waterfall in order to get to the mother of the Vendol, who we've we've Just seen we've we've seen a model of her. We know what she must look like because if she didn't look like this fat woman model that they've made She'd be really pissed off that that's what they're modelling when they see her. She's just some normal, very skinny woman. And there's a dude in a cave carving this big fat thing and going, I've I've done a a thing of you. (laughs) She used to look like that, but it made her quite (laughs) (laughs) self-conscious. That's what she's in. She's in her little, like, you know, hidden room with one other guy which is presumably a meeting that she's having about why are you still producing these models? They're wildly (laughs) (laughs) People aren't going to know who I am when I go out there. (laughs) If anything, you're wasting stone. (laughs) Bullvi goes into her little cave and she's got all the decapitated heads just hanging from roots within her little cave. Within her cave. Fucking hell. Within her... (laughs) <laughs> Not, yeah, within her cave. He, hang on. Yeah. Let me figure out how far down the cave hall we are here. So we're in the bear in its cave. There are bears in there, but within that there is a cave. And this... We're not in the woman, we're in her cave. Okay, so we're about four caves down. Yeah. <laughs> We've already said the beaver cave was back up oh, there. I've got, yeah. And there are heads in this one. Also, the heads... Those are like the fresh heads, yeah. But does yeah. that mean that every yeah. like week they bring in fresh heads for her? Because there's another room with like skulls in, which is I imagine where they end up. Yeah. Yeah. She only eats the heads. Does she though, or does she just does she like them, to use them for, for decoration? decoration? Yeah. Yeah, they're like flowers. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> that head's off, take it out, bring me a fresh <laughs> head. Put that in the bin. <laughs> They've alerted the cavemen who are now (laughs) attacking them but Bullvi goes into her cave fights her, he manages to decapitate her but she she scratches him with a poisoned claw yeah there's like tension built up in this scene he goes in with a massive sword, he kills the first guy 
very easily. And she has this tiny little hooked bone and she dips oh, it yeah. in what looks like blood, but it's obviously poison or some shit. And he doesn't, for some reason, just chop her head off yeah. at a distance. Th- this man never learned to be thrust, cut a little apparently. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she has a tiny claw. She has a woman's arm's reach. He could definitely just hold his sword at arm's length and run at her, probably. In his defence, he has been washing in snot water his entire life. His immune system is made of steel. That poison's doing nothing. (laughs) The snot just finally got him. That's why he dies in about ten minutes. That was all the poison. That was what got him. A clot of snot finally pushed its way through his heart and into his brain. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, now they think that they are stuck at the bottom of the cave where the mother lives. But then it turns out there's a lot more cave below the cave. So they head. <laughs> oh, Luckily, shit. there's more cave. So they start <laughs> heading further down. Down. They say it's a hard fight to get clear of here. And then the Irish guy's like, no, it's not. There's a, there's a, oh. there's a bit there. There's a shortcut <laughs> or, or, or we could just, you know... Uh... This is a video game. <laughs> Luckily, There's Another Cave is another great alternative title for this movie. Bear <laughs> <laughs> Cave. Oh, no. oh nice. <laughs> so, yeah, they head further down, following this stream that's in the cave. And... They get to what they think is a dead end. And they think they're going to have to somehow fight their way out. And then they hear thunder. And Ahmed realises that they're actually at the thunder cliffs. And if they can get in the stream, out through the big hole in the wall, they can swim their way to safety and emerge in a lake and get out which they do they all those which things i just knew. said they, they they do that all that things that he thought that they could do they do do yeah yes and they head back to the town and because test audiences hated this movie we need another fight and so they have to prepare for the creatures to attack again because although they killed the mother they did not kill the leader you got to wonder why they killed the mother at this point, but sure. <laughs> because there's apparently one female in this entire group, so... Just wait, yeah. Yeah, wait out now. They can't do anything now. <laughs> yeah. But then, I mean, with yeah, like you say, we're now leading into the final battle, which I want to point the out. The next final again, battle, yeah. They get, they get home, and it's bright blue sky. Lovely blue day, <laughs> they're chatting... Then they go, oh, the bad guys are coming, pissing it down with rain. Two minutes later. <laughs> I get that I'm just complaining about consistency at this point. You're mainly I, complaining about gonna, weather I'm as far as it. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and languages. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the creatures attack. Bullvi emerges from the Great Hall. He can barely pick up his sword. The poison's starting to take effect. Not, and I won't do it again. But they they speak the ancient Viking 
prayer again, of the ancient Viking prayer of 1999 oh, again. Lolo. <laughs> <Lolo>. <laughs> Which Ahmad joins in with mm. this time. Yeah, he knows the entire He didn't speak language. the language when they said it before. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking Rain Man. He remembered a poem when he didn't speak the language. But, I mean, to be fair, he stood nowhere near them. He might just be saying it half a half a second afterwards, just pretending he knows the words. We've all been there. He could be. Um. So yeah, our, cre- our creatures attack. Bullvoy is drunkenly trying to fight them while being smacked around the head a few times. It all. It's all in slow motion, I guess, because they didn't have the budget to do a long fight, so they just did a short fight slowly. And he manages to attack the leader, kill him, within about 20 seconds of this fight starting. All the bear creatures run away and go back to the life of farming they had before, I guess. (laughs) And then the third or fourth time they ran away. Yeah, they... Bullvi doing all the work, despite being on death's door. <laughs> Everyone else standing around, still reading their poem. And then, in what is a great image, I think, he then steps onto like this palisade defence and sits himself down, almost like he's in a throne. Thrusting, he's learned to thrust now, thrust his sword into the ground, and, and yeah. dies. <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. yeah Look, it's really a great-looking great scene, just cool. him in there, in the rain. Looks better in the rain, because you're a bit rained, eh, Sam? <laughs> yeah and convenient also a convenient time for him to die if he'd held on for like a couple more minutes it would have been so anticlimactic <laughs> sitting there holding the sword like hold on he's probably hold not on. dead Wait. he probably knows this is the best time to die so he's pretending <laughs> he's holding his breath he should have laid himself down on his side and he never would have died <laughs> <laughs> the end pretty much there's a few goodbyes the yeah, um, Ahmed's like he's Fuck someone else, so he has to leave again. He's probably banished, yeah. Yeah, he's he's like, or, or he's looking around, going, "Well, this whole place has to be rebuilt, and you guys are washing in your own spit and snot." So I'm going to go back to my life of exile that I hated, because <laughs> even that is better than staying here with you. And yeah, her. where's he going? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. What are his fucking plans? Mm. I suppose he's got to pick up his mate. I mean, all of the Vikings presumably have to... All that all that group of Vikings, the ones that are alive anyway. God, the same way. <laughs> they're, all, they're like, should we all head back? <laughs> Although, knowing them, they all probably head back separately. The boat... The guys are like, we got this boat. We're going to go pick up that kid. Do you want to lift? Like, no. <laughs> no, we'll... Don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> we'll take the horses. <laughs> And then he just becomes as big a bullshitter as the one-eyed man, where he's like, oh yeah, I had to go back across seas of monsters and dragons. Well, there was some mist. (laughs) The end. Thank God. That was a film. That was a film. Right then, Sam, you promised us a little bit of bad reviews. Sorely missed. Right then, Sam. Uh, A couple. I've got a couple here. Yeah, I thought for the triumphant return of the OG crowd, I should put the effort in. Um, so I got, okay, I got a one star here from, oh shit, what is that name? Arf Ortief. Pretty sure he was in the film. <laughs> and he gives it one star. Who's his dad? Says, <laughs> oh, he, he didn't say. <laughs> uh, it, he gives it one star. He says, 
this is so completely thoroughly full of shit. It's like <laughs> if you took a septic tank and dragged a sack through it. You filled that up all the way, tied it off, then put that sack on the screen. It's such a bag of shit. It's kind of amazing that it exists. This is honestly one of those times when I can say I've actually wasted almost two hours of my life. <laughs> How does that make I love the you image feel, of the, uh, Carl? Sack of <laughs> <laughs> That was directed at Carl. <laughs> Uh, the other one that I've got here is a five-starer, so both ends of the spectrum, from Dean Harms. Uh, also no dad. <laughs> Written, at least. He might have a dad. He says, This film is one of my guilty pleasures, and one of the few movies that both me and my wife enjoy watching together. This film isn't a masterpiece or a piece of cinematic art, but is is fun and has enough thrills. Perfect when one wants to kick back and relax with a bowl of popcorn. But there is a trigger warning. If you are one of the I am so offended by everything crowd, the main character is and Arab, and he is played by Antonio Banderas, who is Spanish. So if something like that gets your panties in a knot, give it a pass. And fuck Bud Light. There were so many... There were so many... (laughs) Fuck Bud Light. There were so many reviews on this that were like, fuck the woke crowd. I'm anti-woke. I'm like, you're not... It's not that Are special. Are people still dropping to, reviews on people actively now? Oh, yes, they absolutely are. Yeah. This is a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, people are obsessed with the fact that, like, they love it just because the casting was weird just, and a bit Because shit. in their head, someone is offended that Antonio Banderas is playing an Arab man. That's enough for them to like <laughs> yeah, this film. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's odd, exactly. yeah. but it's, it's not offensive. Well... I suppose it's not me it's that not, it would no, be offensive yeah. to, but it's, not, yeah. it's just something's like, it's not that bad. why is he doing this? But it was a time when they were doing it, wasn't it? Everyone was doing shit I like don't think this. anyone's that heartbroken about it. Yeah. I think the one thing that people were pretty angry about with this film that came up in quite a few reviews is a lot of people were complaining about Omar Sharif retiring <laughs> after doing this film, retiring from acting. And they're saying he, this was so shit that it made him retire from acting. By the way, he was in four films in the two years following this. So it wasn't that much of a retirement. <laughs> if we want to be technical about it, then every actor retires immediately after finishing a film. film. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for that, Sam. And also, fucking amazing quote work whilst you were doing that second review. The way you hit those <laughs> fingers. Amazing. I wish people could have seen, but you can't. So it's just for us. And now, no video podcasts yet. We, we get bring to back all important a little old game from the past, where you boys guess the oh, budget please. of a movie because this one is worth talking oh, about. It's been a long time. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's mad we haven't spoken about that. Wasn't the budget something like? I mean, gonna take a shot and say it was one hundred and sixty million. Oh, that's quite. Quite high for the time. Nine nine nine. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give you some context. It's nineteen ninety nine, so it's the same year that the Matrix came out, which came out on a budget of sixty three million dollars. Okay, that feels like a. So trick if it was one hundred and sixty million, that would be fucking insane. <laughs> hundred and twenty. It was one hundred and sixty million dollars. Fuck. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd half read some trivia, and like people had said it in reviews and stuff. That's why I. Yeah, it was in there somewhere. I just wasn't 100% sure. But yeah, it was like, it, it's, 
I think adjusted for inflation, it's the biggest box office bust in history. Uh, it's wow. one of, yeah. It made back $60 million. Not shocking. Which, probably not great. It's not good. No. We can discuss why but we think that. In now this the anti-woke crowd are going to bring it back in the 2020s, so it's fine. It's going to make its money back now. Oh, yeah, they absolutely are. Carl, since you picked this, you will be the subject of the question. So, you think that was good, do you? Yeah. Maybe because I saw it, fucking hell, maybe 20 years ago. very anti-woke. But if the woke met, no. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it makes me somewhat happy. Uh, aside from the fact that Antonio Banderas plays an Arab man, which I guess I didn't pick up on at 10 years old, but um, the Captain Jack Sparrow-like guy, still a joy. I found him to be funny when I was younger, and I think he's a good little... I'm still convinced that Johnny Depp must have based some of Captain Jack good. on him <laughs> a couple of years later. He was a good character. But I think, as someone who was forced to read Beowulf at one point in their lives... I quite enjoyed this idea of taking some that sort of Norse myth and giving it a realistic-ish grounding, which was, I think was Michael Crichton's aim with the book that this is based on, to make it interesting. And I think he did. And I think it's not a bad film. It's fun. People get killed. It's gory. And there are bear monsters in the mountains. And mountains and the bear monsters, apparently. <laughs> After you, Sam. Beautifully said. Yeah, I, um, I think I agree. I think it's a heavily flawed film. Um, there was clearly some, yeah, like you said, Michael Crichton was brought on to try and patch something together that would be more watchable. Uh, it feels like there was one guy on the writing team who was really trying to make things interesting. So it was like, oh, okay you know, the, the main character is going to be a poet and he doesn't know how to fight. And then someone else went, yeah, he learns. He can fight now. And they're like, okay, fine. But he can't speak the language of the people that, no, 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 he, yeah, he's learned. He's learned now. He can do that. It's like, okay, well, you know, all the, all the bear people, they're, riled, they're going to come for a big battle now. It's like, no, no, they're, they're going to run away. Three times <laughs> they'll run away for no reason. It just feels like someone wanted it to be interesting. But they lost every they battle getting, trying to get it. Yeah, so, they lost yeah. all the fights doing that. But I was just going to say, but I agree with what Carl said. I really like the way that it would have been so easy for them to make this a film about bear monsters and glowworm things. But they kind of took, they showed the way that myths get made Yeah, by having this sort of... Uh, absurd but realistic threat that gets built up into a myth and i really like that and on the main character he is based on a real person which i thought was quite interesting there actually was an arabic man who went to <laughs> to scandinavia at some point <laughs> who then wrote this story how much of it actually happened who knows or he wrote a story like it and that's what the book was based on that then led to that. the film. Hmm. So it's a film based on a film based on a book based on a book. Film based on a book based on a book. Found in a cave. Found okay. in a cave. With inside also a bear. wolf thrown in there somewhere. <laughs> Obviously. There's always a bear. In a bear. <laughs> in a child. Uh, yeah, I liked this movie. I uh, Heaven, I, yeah. I struggled to write anything down because I was just kind of enjoying it. 
like you said, some, it some fuckers have changed their tune since we started this episode. I never said it was a bad bloody movie. <laughs> I, 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 I'm looking at my notes now. They take up less than half a page. Less than I've ever had. Somehow we've struggled through this. I'm sure you'll listen back and find that I have said absolutely nothing. But yeah, I enjoyed this. We nice to see Antonio Banderas in something other than Spy Kids, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> I don't think I enjoyed the it changing back to humans and seeing how myths are made. I wish it had just been monsters and that, but I like those kinds of movies. So yeah, I, like I remember it led to us for us. I remember when I was a kid, I found that really disappointing. Hmm. Where it wasn't a dragon and they weren't bear men. But now I can appreciate it a little more. There were bear men, though. <laughs> well, have you got any thoughts to round us off, boys? I have no uh, thoughts left. Um, me and Sam are going to be going back on strike now for a while. <laughs> We've been away picketing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got nothing to do with the. It's got nothing to do with the fucking nine-hour <laughs> uh, time uh. difference between us that makes it incredibly awkward to record. <laughs> nothing to do with that. We're we are We've been yeah requesting better uh, working conditions. A slightly quieter hello and welcome. Mm. <laughs> and look what he fucking <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, thank you very much for joining me. It's been such a fucking pleasure having you both back. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at So You Think Pod. I'd say join us again next week with a name of a movie that we're doing, but I haven't chosen it yet. So join me again next week without knowing what that will be. It will be good because it is the 50th episode and I do want to do something a little special. In the last episode, I did mention it will be Babe, but I couldn't count correctly then, so it will not be Babe. That will be 51. What an excellently succinct goodbye, Evan. Goodbye, audience. Goodbye. Goodbye, and I'll see you in an indeterminate amount of time.